You are listening to Move With Radiance with Stephanie Dankelson, a podcast all about redefining your relationship to exercise, food, and your body by learning how to first redefine the relationship with yourself. Are you ready to discover your inner truth, your inner radiance? Because we all deserve to feel at home in our bodies. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Move with Radiance. I'm excited you're here. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, we're going to get real real fast here. I Okay, I'm sitting here the day before the podcast is supposed to be released every week, still not having this episode even started. And for some reason I was so I kind of usually I usually have a plan of like, okay, I'm releasing this episode on this day and we're going to do, you know, this guest and okay, this week I'm going to do a solo episode. Like I usually have that planned out in advance and today I was planning on releasing a guest episode, but I don't know why I was feeling like resistance or something towards it. And I just kept putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And so I'm sitting here the day before. I'm like, what the fuck? What am I doing? Like, I need to get this podcast ready. And I was like, why am I feeling so resistant in posting this guest episode? I'm really excited about this content and all this kind of stuff. And then I remembered, like a month ago, had to be like at least a month ago, I recorded this just random solo episode. And it was after speaking with one of my one of my sister coaches in the in the certification program that I was doing. And we were just talking about um like pieces of our history and just just talking about, you know, our stories and all this kind of stuff and and I started talking about this part of my life that I've sort of touched on in the podcast but really haven't gone super in depth with. And she's like, "Why haven't you shared that yet?" And I was like, "I don't I don't really know." <laughs> And after we got off the call, I just opened up my laptop and just started talking and just getting it all out because I hadn't really, I guess, voiced it. And sometimes talking helps me. I don't know. I just like, it just, I just get it out. And so I just recorded this episode basically. Um, and I was like, oh, that feels super right to share. So I think moral of the story is I was supposed to share this this content now um, for whatever reason. And this audio clip, um, it's pretty just in the moment. Um, I didn't really edit it at all. So it was exactly what I was thinking. Um, Emmy's like squeaking her toy in the background at some point, And it's just super raw as is. And the, the story I wanted to share with you all is the part of my, I talked about my sobriety on the podcast, but I hadn't really dug much into the pieces of what that sort of looked like and just how much of like just this chunk of my life and the way I seeked, I keep saying seeked, the way I sought after <laughs> whatever word that is, I was looking for external validation and just sort of what that looked like for me. And so, um, I get pretty, I don't know. I just, I feel that I can share a lot with you. And so, yeah, you get this part of my story today. (laughs) Um, before we 
dive in. <laughs> I want to let you know that I started a separate, I don't I started a separate Instagram account for the podcast. I really wanted to create, I've been trying to do this in a couple of different ways and it hasn't exactly worked. And I, I just feel like Instagram is, that's where my people, that's where you guys are. It's my people there. So, um, I wanted to start a separate Instagram account to sort of house all of the podcast content. Um, I want to do some like contests and giveaways and challenges and, and, you know, uh, I want you guys to share your story. Like, I just want it to be more of a community and more of a place for us to, um, you know, talk about the kind of stuff that I'm releasing and help answer any questions and just really give a space for you. So if you're interested in following along on that journey, you can find the, uh, podcast Instagram handle at move with radiance on Instagram, go ahead and give me a follow. I'm going to, again, be doing some contests coming up and um, giveaways and all sorts of fun stuff. So hop on over there and we'll get this party started. <laughs> and what else? I, I'm just giving you guys all the details today. So in a few weeks, I'm going to be launching a beta course it's it's a it's going to be I believe a one month long course really digging into the relationship we have with food and exercise in our body. Um, it's going to be sort of at your own pace. You'll get the content on a weekly basis, and it'll be I'm launching it uh, for half price. And so if you are interested in participating in that, while I'm still sort of cleaning it up and um, launching the first round, let me know. Send me an email. Send me an, an Instagram DM. Let me know that you're interested and I will give you all the details. I'll add you to the list and make sure you know what's going on. Okay, so with all of that, let's dive into today's episode. Before we dive into today's content, I just want you to know that I hear you. I know you're tired. Tired of the battle, the guilt with food of the constant hustle, of the people-pleasing, the comparison of needing to prove yourself. You're tired of always second-guessing your decisions in life, of feeling like a fraud, pretending like everything is awesome. You're tired of the emptiness. I hear you, I see you, and I promise there's another way. If you are ready to stop fighting and hating your body, to overhaul your relationship to food and exercise, if you are ready to finally feel at home in your body, to finally live out the life you want to be living, I've got you. I now have spots open for one-to-one coaching, a six-month program that will help you navigate the negative self-talk, the self-destructing habits like binging and restricting, the back-on-track, off-track mentality. I will help you discover movement you no longer feel forced by, how to heal your relationship to food, and ultimately how to accept and finally feel at home in your body. With one-to-one coaching, you will get six months of coaching, 24 sessions total, video calls, and unlimited email support, two additional 30-minute sessions to be scheduled when you are looking for any extra support, weekly homework activities ranging from journal prompts, meditations, and real-life integration and practice of the work. If you are ready to finally stop fighting yourself, heal your relationship to food, and ultimately feel at home in your body, I am ready to work with you. You can begin this process by filling out the application in the show notes or on my website, www.stephanie-dankelson.com services. I'm so excited to begin this journey with you and we will see you soon. 
So there's a part of me that, part of my story (laughs) that I have touched on in the podcast before in my sobriety episodes and maybe a little bit in, in some other episodes, but I haven't really gone into depth. And I was, I was speaking with a friend recently and we were sort of sharing just pieces of us and, um, I, I was telling her about my relationship with alcohol and started going a little bit deeper and it was sort of inspired to share this part of you, part of me with all of you. And hopefully some of you can, can relate to part of this, but my relationship with alcohol started in high school, <laughs> towards the end end of high school. And I've talked about the, it was definitely my way of numbing. I, the more and more I do this work, the more I realized, like, I, I remember when I started doing this work and my coach was like, where do you feel safe in your body? And I told her, my brain, <laughs> I feel safe in my brain. And I, I realized I did not know what it meant to feel. I had numbed my emotionality for so many years that when I was asked the question, where in your body do you feel safe? I didn't know how to answer that because I didn't know how to feel. I had suppressed, I could tell you how to feel joy, happiness. Those are easy for me. But when it came to sadness or anger or um, anxiety or stress or overwhelm or all of those lower vibrating emotions, I pushed them away. <laughs> I did everything in my power not to feel those things. Not because I, I guess there was a part of me that didn't want to, but I didn't know how. So alcohol for me for so many years was my way of like, oh, had a hard day at work. Oh, feeling really frustrated. Oh, feeling sad. I'm just going to drink. And that's normalized today. So normalized. And so that became such an easy escape for me to not feel my emotionality. But something else that, and I've talked about that, (laughs) but the other piece that I didn't really talk about when it came to my relationship with alcohol was my relationship with men and the way I used alcohol to receive external validation from men. Growing up, I felt, I don't know, I don't know why. I, I just remember from a young age, really wanting to have a boyfriend and I really wanted that attention from, from guys even from as early as like first grade. (laughs) Um, and as I got older, there was, they sort of hit this phase in my life where I didn't really have many friends. I was sort of made fun of a lot and I was, I was quiet. I was awkward. And so especially during that part of my life, I really wanted to be accepted by, you know, the girls and also by guys. I really, again, wanted a boyfriend so badly. Um, and things started shifting for me when I got into high school. And the moment I changed stuff about my body or, you know, started dressing a certain way. And, you know, I got contacts and I got my braces off. I started getting that attention from men. (laughs) And so I started directly relating my body image to getting attention from guys. 
And I really truly believe looking back at all of this, that that's part of the reason why my disordered eating behaviors really started was because I associated my size with my worth and with the kind of attention I would get from my external world, especially from guys. When I got to college, there was a part of me that still felt really awkward. And of course, when you go to college and like, there was a part of me that sort of wanted to run away from the person I was in high school because I was seen as this like rule follower and a prude. And that was sort of my image. And so when I got to college, I sort of started dabbling with this new identity of like, well, who do I want to be? How do I want people to see me? And I let loose more. And so alcohol sort of became my way to um, let loose, drop. Like I didn't feel awkward. You know, we all felt liquid courage. I felt super confident and really like put myself out there. I was able to flirt better and I, um, got past my like beliefs around the prudeness and all of these identities that I was attached, like that got attached to me in high school and that I identified with and all this kind of stuff. And I started craving that attention from guys and alcohol made it super easy for me to sort of go after what I wanted. And I got the attention. So I was like, cool, this is working. (laughs) It, you know, I went through all the different phases in college and, you know, of course, like there's always ups and downs. And I realized, you know, when I would go through a breakup or something really, really difficult was going on, or, you know, I started really getting wrapped up with my relationship with food and body image and stuff got started getting really, really stressful. And I felt super out of control and really unworthy, really. That was the the baseline of it. Like those moments was when I really turned externally to get that attention, to feel some sort of way. I really wanted to feel wanted. So I wanted to feel seen. I wanted to feel wanted. I wanted to feel important so, so badly, like desperately. And those are the moments of when I went seeking for attention in the form of a guy seeing that I was attractive and wanting to come home with me. And when I would have relationships where there was like this push and pull of him wanting me, him not wanting me, I was like so in for the chase. Like there was almost a part of me that was like, you don't see me as attractive. Like you don't want me. I'm going to fix that. Like I'm going to make you want me. And so that like became my pursuit (laughs) pursuit for a lot of years. And there were a lot of like really, really broken relationships. And I really, I really put my values aside because there was a piece of me that wanted to, there, there was a piece of me that wanted to be seen and heard and validated so badly that I pushed down the values that I had for myself. Because at that moment, it felt more important to me to be seen and heard and wanted than it was for me to honor myself, like the values I had for myself. Like I got so lost, like those things, I didn't even know what they were anymore. There's a specific moment in my life where I keep coming back to that this was really present for me. And it was after I I moved to Colorado and I was dating someone at the time. 
he moved to Colorado with like for me, with me a, f- a few months after I had moved there. And at that time we had been dating for almost two years. And when we moved in together, something wasn't right. I felt super disconnected from him, super disconnected from myself. And I was like, for a while, I thought this was the person I was going to marry. And when it didn't feel right, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's going on? And I made the decision to leave that relationship because I knew there was something better for both of us. And I knew that something was off. And after we broke up, like I real, I think I started really noticing at that moment in my life, I had quit one of my jobs and started a new job. I was still trying to get used to working nine to five. Um, I was still really trying to make friends at the time. And I was just forming a new relationship with my body. I was really starting to understand that like triathlons and the things that I was really participating in before weren't fulfilling me anymore. I was starting to explore, you know, new relationship with food and all of these kinds of things. And I felt like so lost. This was the most, if I look back at my entire life and think, when did I feel the most confused? And I would say it was during this time. I found myself and I think too I use the excuse of like being in Boulder being in Colorado there was like this community around drinking and beer and craft beer and all this kind of stuff and we had a keg in our office and you know a startup vibe and I lived I was living just down the street from where I worked and so I was like cool you know we have these these get-togethers on Fridays where we do happy hours at the office and I'll just drink a bunch of beer and go to the bars and walk home and it's awesome it's just like college and I think I was wanting to like relive those days. (laughs) And so I was like drinking a lot and I really didn't think twice about it because it was again, so normalized in school. And I was in this like culture of drinking and a lot of my friends were drinking. And so it just became this normal thing. And then my boyfriend at the time and I broke up our lease. We were living together. wasn't up for another few months. And I didn't know how to process it. And there was something in me that felt so disposable. There was a part of me that felt because there was, I was wanting so much from this relationship and, you know, looking back now, I realized there was so much I wasn't giving myself and there was, I wasn't speaking my truth. I was like expecting so many impossible things from this person that I really could only give to myself. I was like expecting him to read my mind. I was feeling so lost. I was being really controlling. I wasn't expressing how I was feeling. There was just so much bottled up within me that when we broke up, I didn't really know. I didn't really know what to do. And because we were still living together, what I, what ended up happening was like, I was going to, I was staying late after work and just drinking. I was going to the bars and drinking by myself. I was trying to do everything I possibly could to not go home 
to not face the reality of what was happening. Because at that point I felt like I had my life so planned out and what it was going to look like. And I thought I was going to marry this person. And then all of a sudden it all ended. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what's, what's next? Like, what, what am I doing? I was so unhappy in the job I was in. I was so like, there were just so many pieces of that part, like of that part of my life that didn't feel like it belonged. And I didn't know what I wanted. And I hadn't been asking myself that I was expecting everybody else in my life to fix that for me. That when I lost that person and when I was like separated from it all, I was so confused. And I, I didn't know how to give the validation or the worthiness or the, I didn't know how to give those things to myself. So I still like seeked externally for it. I was still seeking externally for it. I was trying to find someone else that would give me that attention. I was making decisions that I knew didn't feel right in my gut, but I wanted this man to pay attention to me, to give me that validation that I was like, hooking up with anyone. And that felt so not good, not good and unfulfilling. And it was solely for the purpose of someone seeing me as attractive, seeing me as good enough, someone to pay attention to me. Because looking back deep down, I was not paying attention to myself. I hated myself. I hated myself. And so I was looking for that love in everything but me. I remember drinking until I would black out pretty much every time I would go out and drink, which was becoming a a daily thing for me at that time. And I was engaging in relationships that were not a two-way street. It was very much me going back and going back and accepting being treated in a way that I know I do not deserve to be treated. Having people tell me we're seeing each other too much, so maybe just on every other weekend we can hang out. Or ignoring me and not calling me, and then when they wanted to see me, then they would be like, oh yeah, hey, what's going on? And I would like, wait around for it. (laughs) I relied on those guys to make me feel a certain way. And it was so unfulfilling and so temporary and so empty. I didn't know what my standards were for myself anymore. I didn't know what my values were for myself anymore. And so I wasn't holding myself to any kind of standard or value. I was just purely after the pursuit of feeling enough and wanted and seen. I can tell you it is one of the most unfulfilling, most empty way you can go about getting those needs met. And there was a point in my life where I had to take a really hard look in the mirror and ask myself, is this the way I want to be treated? Is this really working? Is this how I want to be living my life? I think I really truly had to hit that absolute rock bottom where I was crying over an empty box of pizza and a bottle of wine 
crying, asking for, why doesn't anyone just pay attention to me? Why can't I just have someone love me the way I want, the way I truly, deeply desire to sit back and say, what needs to shift in my life? What is not working? And what is it that I actually do want? Until we understand why or the, the why behind why we're doing what we're doing, we're going to keep finding ourselves in the same behaviors over and over and over and over because that's the way we're getting those needs, those deep desires that we're not, we don't know that I didn't, I was not aware that I wanted to be, I was seeking approval and love and worthiness and acceptance. Like subconsciously, that's what my body wanted and that's what it was trying to get. But I logically didn't know. And because I was getting like, because that started at such an early age for me and all throughout college, like I received that validation. That was the only way I had learned to get that, those needs met for myself. And yeah, it was only temporary, but I didn't know any better. I didn't know that there was a more fulfilling way to feel connected and and loved and worthy. And so until we can uncover and unearth what it is that we're actually searching for, what feeling are we trying to achieve by engaging in this behavior, we're going to keep repeating the cycles over and over and over and over, whether that's drinking, whether that's sleeping with the same people, dating the same people, stuck in that binge restrict cycle, stuck in the dieting cycle, stuck looking at and hating ourselves in the mirror every single fucking day. Until we understand what it is that we're after and the feeling that we're chasing and what it is that we actually want for ourselves, we're never going to shift. Until we unearth the way that we actually feel about ourselves and those deep-seated beliefs that we have about ourselves, we're never going to shift. We are innately worthy and whole and loved and accepted and perfect as we are sitting in this moment right now, wherever you're at, sitting, listening to this, you are those things right now. We've always been those things. We've been born with those things somewhere throughout our life. We've been conditioned or told otherwise. And we believe those stories so deeply that we think we are not enough as is that somehow we need to change or we need to do something or we need to engage in behaviors that'll give us those things. Until we start recognizing and truly believing that we are what those things now, we're worthy and whole as is, we're going to keep engaging in those self-sabotaging behaviors. Until we become comfortable and until we change the story we have to what it means to feel our emotions, We're going to keep numbing them and suppressing them and avoiding them. This shit goes so much deeper than just quitting the behavior. I sobriety did allow me (laughs) to realize that I like how often I turn to alcohol and it allowed me to start questioning why do I want alcohol right now? What is it that I'm trying to numb? And slowly but surely, I started to realize that I needed to feel into my emotionality and I needed to learn how to, how to do that in order for me to get to where I'm at today. 
But if I just gave up alcohol and then found another numbing mechanism like Netflix or food or sex or whatever, until I realized like why I'm turning to that thing, I was going to keep finding something else to suppress it. I did do that for a while for the first part of my uh, sobriety. And the goal here is never to shame ourselves for these behaviors and to recognize there's a part of us that's hurting and there's a part of us that used these things to protect ourselves, to get something, to feel something. So how can we love the part of us that's trying so hard to feel loved and then find a more fulfilling way to get that need met? And you guys, that can be as simple as recognizing, hmm, I'm trying to feel accepted right now. Placing your hands on your heart, closing your eyes, and feeling into what it feels like to be accepted. And just sitting with that, repeating, I am loved, I am loved, I am loved, I am safe, I am accepted, I am worthy. And feeling in your body... (laughs) what it feels like to be accepted and knowing right there that you don't need anybody else to tell you that other than yourself. That is the truest, most fulfilling way. Just wanted to, I feel like I haven't really shared that that part of my story and wanted to just, yeah, share that part of me. Um, because I feel that there might be some of you that can relate to that. And if so, let me know. I would love to hear your story and hold that space for you. Just like you guys are holding that space for me. (laughs) So I so appreciate all of you and this platform to give me my voice and to allow my story to be heard. So thank you all so much. (laughs) Let me know what questions you have. Reach out. Let me know that you're listening. And um, let's, let's have a conversation. I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. And we will chat soon. Thank you so, so much for listening and for being here with me. If you want more resources, pop on over to www.stephanie-dankelson.com. And until next time, stay radiant.